Well, <clears throat> pardon me. Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M. And I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March 28, 2016. Today we're reading from the big book in chapter four, We Agnostics. We are on page 47. We're going to begin with that second paragraph for context and go on to the next paragraph. Today's readers are for the 12 steps of OA, Nancy J, for the 12 traditions of OA, Anne Marie M, and the readers of our text today will be Du L, Mary K W, and Santa H. Now, the reference number. Jeez, I put it someplace. Sorry. My goodness. Hold on just one second. I believe it is, golly, I'm going to come back to that, okay? It's a reference number for yesterday for Sunday's special edition. Um, is 8607. Thank you, Leah. 8607. And that special edition, uh, edition was a presentation given by a recovered compulsive overeater, Kim G, and entitled There is a Solution, Chapter 2. This was brought to life through the text and her own experience, and uh, it was informative and helpful. Um, <clears throat> so today, we uh, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees. Remember, we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry this message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, and that's to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors, um, my goodness, I'm sorry, let me go back. Always 12, 12 tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy J. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy J. 
grateful, compo- grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Philadelphia. Here are the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and, com- and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and we were wrong, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others, to alcoholics, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. And thank you, Nancy J. We'll now ask Anne-Marie M. to please read The Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina, compulsive overeater. The Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God that he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And thank you, Anne-Marie M. How our meeting works. 
Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Now, once you are done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Okay, today we resume our study in the big book on page 47, and we're going to, the first reader is going to be starting to read on the second paragraph. Uh, do. I will now ask Stu to please read. Good morning. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I willing even to believe that there is a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon the simple cornerstone, a wonderful, effective spiritual structure can be built. That was great news for us, for we had assumed we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted many things on faith which seemed difficult to believe. When people presented us with spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if if I could only believe as he believes. But I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. Good morning. My name is Du, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just can't believe it. Try to put my timer on. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, so yeah, so it's it's talking about what is what is the simplicity of this program? It's just opening the door to believe, you know. And um, I don't have to get it all at once. I don't have to understand every single thing that the big book is trying to tell me at this point in time. But it's saying, you know, like I've had a belief and I've had a faith towards food and I've had a faith towards you know, alcohol, and I've had a faith and belief towards other things that I truly believed that they work for me, right? If I continually uh, binge on my binge foods, I just felt that I would get comfort and I would get hope from these foods. Um, and they're saying, you know, you can switch that around. It's that, that simple. Switch it around. You know, instead of believing in food that's destroying me, why don't I believe in a power greater than myself? You know, and I don't have to understand that power in order for that power to work for me, you know, and, and, um, 
you know, it's going to give me examples after examples. But one of the things that I, I personally had to do in the beginning was, which I didn't get, was to lay aside my prejudice about these spiritual concepts. And I couldn't get that simplicity of this program until I did do that, you know, because I, I would always go back to my automatic default of my old God. And um, I had to have a new conception of a new God in order to get that simplicity of belief. Um, so basically, I had to discard everything, everything that I've ever believed about a higher power and start all over again, you know, start all over with the simplicity of, you know, let me just believe in something greater than me, you know. So how do I come to that 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 thing? It's it's one of the things that really helped me was I I can't try to figure out God because if I try to figure out this God and all the spiritual concepts that come along with it, I was not going to get God. You know, I had to keep it very, very simple and say, you know what, just like electricity, I turn on the light and it works and I turn on the TV and it works and I know something's working there. I don't have to get into all the technicality of how that works in order for me to enjoy, you know, watching TV or enjoying light in my apartment. And that's as simple as it was. You know, that was my opening. My opening was just to believe that even though I can't understand or comprehend this power, it was as simple as saying, you know what, it's working because it's working in others and I could see it working in others. And maybe I can't get what they get. I can't understand how they're believing this, but I'm just going to trust that it is working and that maybe if it works for them, it'll work for me. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Duel. Okay, um, the next group, this group will be focusing our comments on the third paragraph on page 47. So who would like to share for approximately three minutes? Kathy K. Kathy K. S. Kathy K. Reva P. Tina S. Okay, I heard Tina, and I think I heard Larry too. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> Tina, uh, Larry, and who else would like to in that group? Let's go with that. All right, Kathy Kay, you're up. Thank you, Janice, for your service. This is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. And, you know, that simple belief, uh, that willingness to believe, uh, was all I was able to do initially when I first came into these rooms. And actually, for the first 10 years I was in this room, I discarded all... Um, ideas about spirituality, but when I finally cracked over this book with a sponsor <clears throat> and saw that I didn't have to buy it all at once, but I could just take small steps to begin to consider the possibility of a higher power, um, that really worked for me. And it began with spending quiet time with a meditation book on a daily basis, and, you know, just that action alone began to open my mind and my heart to something greater than myself. And over time, I began to look forward to that quiet time and um, 
it really uh, gave me peace and serenity. And this was how I began to identify a power greater than myself. And the most wonderful thing about it is that my conception keeps evolving, that I keep learning and I keep deepening that connection. And it, and I, as those of you who know me know, I started as an agnostic of 45 years. And today I have a conception of a higher power that works for me. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. I pass. And thank you, Kathy Kay. Okay, Reva P., it is your turn. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I wanted to share on the sentence that says, um, when I see people who present me with a spiritual approach, um, how frequently did I say I wish I had what that man has? Um, And I guess what this sentence reminds me is the power of um, example, because when I came into my first meeting, it wasn't just the body size that attracted me. Um, it was the aura of peace um, that people just seem to be at ease within their skin, um, with their life circumstances. Um, and that had to do, I was told, with their spiritual um, connection or development. And it also reminds me, this sentence, at the same time, the word wish um, reminds me that I wished for a lot of things before I came into this program. And I lived in my head in the fantasy, you know, I wished, I thought if I just wished hard enough, if I just concentrated hard hard enough, I could almost will my, my body to be the size and way I wanted it. I could will my life to be that way. Um, And this program has taught me that it's not about wishing because at the last sentence it says we could commence, which means I have to begin, which implies some kind of an action. So I don't wish myself into faith. As attractive as it is to see powers of example, um, I was told once this is a miraculous program, but it's not magic. Um, because I have this, you know, magical thinking, fantasy thinking. I have to do the work. And I start at a very simple level um, all the time, you know, after reaching a, a powerlessness or surrender with everything in my life that brings me to step one. And again, I've heard it shared. All I need to do is say, help, help. I have no idea how to get the work done today. Help. How can I, you know, be of service or loving to my mother? What what do you need me to do here? Um, and that's all I have to say. You know, I make a mess when I take charge. Please help. Or whatever it is that's very, very uh, simple. I don't have to, you know, be a guru meditating for three hours um, to get this program. I just do the step work, keep it really simple, um, and then God takes care of the rest. With that, I pass. And thank you, Reva P. Okay, Tina S. You're up. Thanks, Janice. Tina S. Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, that's some really great stuff already. You know, and, and you know what? I can I can remember it like it was yesterday when I first came into. Well, not first. The second, the last time I came into Overeaters Anonymous, and you know, and, and I had no idea how to get what the other people were getting. 
you know. And I and I contemplated it for a very long time. And you know, in my state of uh, defeat and uh, surrender, you know, I was willing willing to be a little bit receptive. And you know, and I was raised Catholic. And 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 initially, when I first came in, I thought that would do the deal. Well, obviously, for many many years, it never did. So it continued to not work for me, you know, because that belief didn't work. And, um, you know, and I certainly wished I had what others had, you know. And what I have found that I really just had to get out of my own way and just be willing, you know. And I could start right where I was, and I say this all the time because that's exactly what I thought that I had to be someplace else. I could start right where I was. You know, and the good news is today, you know, that I'm able to continue to cultivate and to continue uh, – you know, a conscious contact with a power greater than myself, which solves all my problems, you know. And and today, that's the good news for me, because when I wake up and Tina's in charge, she's in trouble. And if I wake up and I turn my, my will and my life over to a power greater than myself, then I got a shot one more day. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Tina S. Okay, Larry Kay, it is your turn. Good morning, Janice. Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. So it says, um, you, you know, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes. I remember seeing a man in, in, in the Chicago area, and, I, and I, I, he cracked open the big book with me for the first time, and I, I thought, boy, I, 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 that, that sentiment, I, I wish I had what he has, that, that, that does cross my mind. I remember it. Um, one thing was he was abstinent for years. That that was I was baffled by that. He also had a faith of some kind. I don't know uh, theologically, you know, religion, all that kind of stuff. Not that that wasn't what I remember about this guy. What I remember was um, he had there was a, something about him. There was this connection to a higher power, and when he spoke of it, it was um, it was something that I really wished I had. But he didn't talk to me about religion or theology. Just, you know, he got, he used to binge his brains out. He was dying. He was morbidly obese. And he doesn't do that anymore. He certainly didn't look like that. He looked like a normal guy, you know, just normal physical body. And spiritually, he had, you know, bright eyes and still does, you know. And um, I wanted desperately what he had. I just, I just didn't know how to get it. I kept hearing about, you know, just work these steps. You know, I, I was on my knees earlier this morning. Um, I don't do that all the time. It's very symbolic for me. It, it doesn't have much to do with theology or religion, but it's symbolic um, representation that, uh, you know, that I, I have gratitude for this power that I don't quite understand. All I know is I'm, I'm in a thin body today. That's, that's it might sound superficial, but it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's it, just to tell you that it's interesting to me that, see, to be in a thin body, I had to change my ways. I had to change as a, fundamentally as a person and these, through these steps that happened for me. You know, I'm, I'm a decent father. I show up, you know, um, and it's, it's extraordinary that acceptance of a power greater than myself. That's why I was on my knees this morning. Thank you, God. Not, not that I'm thin. That, that's the least of it. I thank you that I'm, I'm just restructured as a human being, you know, that I'm imperfect, but I, I don't do, I don't think the way I used to think, and I don't, thus I don't act the way I used to act. I had to come to believe in a power greater than myself for that to happen. 
if for if I didn't, I'll wrap up and say, if I didn't, I would have never seen these steps through and I would have still been in and out of the food. I'm not enslaved by the food anymore. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I pass. And thank you so much, Larry Kay. Okay, is there anyone else that would like to comment on the paragraph? Melissa three C. Janice Vasta. Melissa C. I heard Vasa. Did I hear somebody before Vasa? Leah M. Okay, I heard Leah S., I think, and then I heard Leah M. Okay, let's go with those four, please. Melissa C., you're up. Hi, good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., a compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, what really strikes me this morning is that, um, you know, I wished I had what that man has. And that, um, not that I wished I was doing what that man was doing. <laughs> you know, it was it was an inactive um, wish. It was that um, magical kind of thinking. Let me just have what they have. And that's kind of been, um, you know, something that I've noticed comes up in me a lot. Um, that's a, it, there's a, there's somewhat of an immaturity in that. And um, that really needed to be shattered, especially where, um, finding a faith that was going to work pertains. You know, it, it's it's action. It, it's actually I'm going to have to do what that person is doing, um, even if it doesn't make complete sense to me. You know, and that, um, what I learned was um, I could commence at a very simple level. I could begin at the most basic level, um, which was that, I needed this. I needed this power. There was no denying it. Um, that there were two alternatives for me: um, a miserable death, you know, as a result of this disease, or complete transformation. And so, you know, when I when it finally took hold for me, um, I stopped looking at what everybody had, and I started looking at what it seemed like everyone was doing, and. And if it made no sense, that was okay. I just began to do it. And the more I did it, the more the um, that spiritual awakening occurred within me. And so, you know, that's something that I just always come to, that it happened the reverse. I thought I would have this aha moment and then be propelled to action. And it was actually the other way around. I took action and then... The, the aha moment began to occur. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Okay. You, you did pass, Melissa. Uh, Vasa O, oh, it is your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And I'm Vasa O, oh, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Florida. And, uh, yeah, the wishful thinking before I came to the program, I wished I could eat like everybody else or look like everybody else. But I, I, I did try for many, many, many years, and I just couldn't. And I'm just so grateful that uh, I was brought into Overeaters Anonymous and the big book, and somebody just handed it to me. And I'll never be so more grateful to God for that. And um, I came for the physical. You know, I really did. I just wanted to lose my weight, and I was just going to leave. And uh, I again, I stayed. You know, I came for the physical state for the sanity. There's a thing that goes around the meetings, you know. 
and I thank God that I stayed because, uh, as I said, you know, I was just going to leave. And I kept, you know, my sponsor said, you know, if you leave, you know, you, you're going to go right back into the food if you don't work the steps, and you're just going to go right back into it. So I was willing and I was ready to do whatever, whatever I heard, you know. I did not want to go back into the food. And I wanted, I was very attracted to people that were thin, the speakers, you know, and I remember, you know, having, I could see the peace in them, and I saw the glossy eyes, the shining eyes, and I wanted to have what they had. And uh, I, and then I'm glad that, again, I'm just so glad that I got into the steps, you know, and uh, I, it's it's a very simple program, but it's you know, but from I had a very very complicated mind, and uh, I was just you know I'm so glad many many times because it was not a religious program. If people tried to give me God or push me to their religion, I probably would have run away. So it was very comforting to know this was a spiritual program. And uh, nobody was going to convince me to go in their religion, and uh, it was nobody was going to put me put that pressure on me, and nobody was going to make me stay in the program, force me to stay in the program, or kick me out of the program. So I had a free choice there, you know, free will. Stay if you want to live, or if you want to die, then go. And I had a hard time with people in those days that were still overweight, and there were speakers, because I wanted there for the vanity, you know. But I've learned, you know, a lot of people can have, you know, they carry the weight, but they're still very spiritual, or they are on the way losing, or they've lost the weight, some of the weight. So it's really helpful for me to hear from people like that. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Vasa. Oh, Leia S., you're up. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Janice. This is Leah S., a recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful. Um, This is great news for us. Um, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could believe as he believes. It's comforting to learn that I could commence at a simpler level. And what this is telling me is giving me so much hope, so much, um, you know what, it's going to work. I can do it. And it is also telling me that I wish I had what that man has. That means I'm coming from despair. I'm coming from such hopelessness. I'm coming from such um listlessness and um, and that is the reason I'm saying I wish I had what that man has and then it says I'm sure it would work it would work so with the intensity that I used to eat and overeat and continuously eat just transfer that intensity into that belief that you know what, the same way that I used to overeat 
and I used to believe that the more food, the more, the more better. Just transfer that kind of belief that it's going to be okay if we do believe in a greater power that can help us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Leah S. Okay, Leah M., it is your turn. Thanks so much, Janice. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. Um, and again, you know, commence means to begin, to start. You know, we're at the beginning. We're, we're starting off here. Um, the big book is reassuring here. It's actually quite gentle uh, at this point. One doesn't have to believe at this point. One only has to be willing to believe. So, you know, just to recap, I mean, we're in Chapter 4. We agnostics. What have we learned so far? Well, that in order to recover, I'm going to have to find a power greater than myself. Um, it also has told me that I can have my own conception of that power, whatever I want uh, this higher power to be. It also has, you know, told us in this chapter thus far that in order to start the finding of that power, all I have to do is to be willing to believe, to believe or be willing to believe that there is such a power. And it's also told us where are we going to find that power. We're going to find that power, uh, you know, as we go through the process of these steps. Um, so, you know, as we go through the process of these steps, our old conceptions, ideas, emotions about a lot of things, including God, uh, you know, are going to be cast to one side and new ideas, attitudes, and emotions about a whole lot of things um, are going to begin to dominate us as a result of the steps. So, again, you know, relax, <laughs> you know, um, but take action is what the big book is essentially saying. It's comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. I mean, again, look at the language of the text. You know, in, in, uh, in the second printing, they wanted to make sure that people understood that sudden spiritual epiphanies were not the norm for these early AAers. And so the language, you know, that we've reviewed a couple of times in the spiritual experience, for instance, in the appendix, makes sure of that. What are they describing a spiritual awakening to be? They're describing a spiritual awakening to be a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism. Look at the language at the bottom of that appendix. It says that we will undergo a profound alteration in our reaction to life. So, you know, if you come in here and you have no concept of God or you have a bad relationship, um, just, you know, don't despair. Just do the steps. The program is open for people who have no sense of God at all, for whatever reason that may be. And at the end of the work, if you've received a personality change that's been sufficient to overcome your compulsive overeating, you have had a spiritual awakening. So, you know, just to wrap up, if willingness is the key to unlock the gates of hell, it's going to be the action of the steps that open those doors so that you can walk freely. That's been my personal experience anyway. With that, I pass. And yes, thank you, Leah M. Okay, before we go on, is there anyone else that would like to comment on this paragraph? <clears throat> no one else? 
Okay, then we will go on. All right, Mary K.W., please, paragraph, the next paragraph, please read and share. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Mary Kay, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from uh, Western New York. Can you hear me, Janice? Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Janice, yes. Can I, yes. can I be heard? Okay, there you go. Thank you, everyone. Uh, good morning. My name is Mary Kay, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater just for today, calling from Western New York. <clears throat> Besides the seeming inability to accept much on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. Many of us have been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. This sort of thinking had to be abandoned. Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we tried to be on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. As I've read through this paragraph and, and also we look at this chapter, I, I don't believe I've chimed in yet to say that when I was going through the big book for the first time, which is within the last nine months, because I was never introduced to a 12-step way of life until last year, um, I also thought I could skip this chapter, We Agnostics, um, because I had a, a, a faith walk um, and I had had many spiritual experiences in my life, um, despite the fact that my, I did not understand or know that I had a disease and that it, I knew it was progressive because I saw my weight go up and up and up and I carried over 300 pounds over half of my life and I'll be 62 this June. And so the words that I've underlined in this chapter, and thank you for my sponsor that made me go back, not just to the beginning of this book, but to the doctor's opinion, but the that took me through these words, and the words that I have understood and I've underlined here for me are things like obstinacy in the paragraph, sensitiveness, unreasoning, resisted, because I was defiant. I, I had my own way of thinking and my own willfulness that did not do me serve me well in many, many ways. Um, and then I had moments of light and moments of clarity. And I say that um, truthfully um, because I have come to know for me and my journey that it's not just about physical recovery that anything that separates me from my my higher power, whom I choose to call God, is is relapse. Um, and in to be spiritually fit, what's different in my life today, and it's more wonderful than I ever could imagine, is following the instructions, doing the practices that that I, I take gratefully and humbly, one day at a time, knowing that I can't do this, He can. 
and I'm so grateful for that, and I'm grateful for this program. And thank you, and I pass. Everybody have a wonderful day. And thank you so much, Mary K.W. Okay, who would like to comment on this paragraph? The last paragraph, page 47. Kim G. Kim G. Next. Anybody else? Chelsea H. Chelsea. Chelsea H. Anyone else? All right, let's go with those two. Kim G., you're up. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey, and I expected a big big lineup to this. It's a powerful paragraph. Um, we often find ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, by sensitiveness, and by unreasoning prejudice. And, and once again, I like to look up words in the dictionary because it helps me. So what does it mean to be handicapped? It says a condition that markedly restricts one's ability to function. And that's, that's my experience. You know, my powerless is step one. When I really get in touch with that, I realize that I can't function in that way anymore, that I have a futile and fatal disease. And how is that blocking? You know, what do I have to give up? My obstinacy. Oh, man, I was, I was so stubborn. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. This, I don't need to do what you people are doing. My sensitiveness. I mean, I remember my mom telling me in high school, Kim, when anyone mentions your weight, you either cry or you scream. I, could, I was so sensitive. And my unreasoning prejudice. And I had to look at that word prejudice. All the prejudice is was a prejudgment. What are my prejudgments about God, about spirituality, about a 12-step program, about OA? And then it says a couple sentences later, this sort of thinking had to be abandoned, abandoned. So I looked up that word. It says to leave completely and finally, forsake utterly, to desert, to give up the control of, oops, that one hurt, to yield without restraint or moderation. And what I would do is I would, you know, I'd do kind of what you said until I was out of an, a lot of pain because I'm comfortable in a little bit of pain. Or I think that I don't have to do it totally the way you say. I, I think my thinking still works. I think those coping skills I learned when I was six years old still have some appeal to me. And it's letting me know those thoughts, those prejudices, all those things, they have to be abandoned. So this is how I think. You know, when, when I first come into OA and people tell me I have to put the food down 100%, I think I only have to put down 90%. Come on, you guys are crazy. And then I start to think with this part, why do I have to give up 90% of my control? I don't have to do, give up all my thinking because I'm afraid because I don't know who I am without that thinking. But we're being prepped here to make a decision. And when we make that decision in that third step prayer, there's a line of the after the prayer that says we have to abandon, again, abandon ourselves utterly to a power. And I have my experiences where I do not ask my, that power in, that's exactly where the mental twist is going to come in. So if I don't abandon this stuff utterly, if I don't give up all these handicaps, that, that mental twist will use whatever opening it can get to get me to eat again. This is absolute language because I have to have absolute abstinence, absolute surrender, and absolute following of these 12-step programs. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Chelsea H., it is your turn. Thank you, Janice. Thanks for your service. I'm Chelsea H., a recovered compulsive eater for today. Um, faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters 
as um, we had tried to be on other questions. I've always had a lot of spirituality, and I've always been very open for change. I loved change because it meant I didn't have to commit to anything. But when I saw somebody in whom the problem had been solved, all my different reasons why I didn't need to take the steps, I had many. And then living, I actually hid in this chapter, we agnostics. I would say I'm an agnostic, so I really don't even need to get involved with any of it. Not even knowing what this chapter was about, not even, actually, when we would read it, we'd pass the book from one another, and then we would, <laughs> we would go on to the next paragraph. So it says sometimes this was a tedious process, and the tedious process for me was staying around the room since 1988, tinkering around the edges of the program, trying to find a softer, easier way that I could somehow eat without the repercussions that I suffered when I ate compulsively, when I was a bulimic, when I exercised those different activities. So for me, this information, it, it ties in together those two paragraphs because the good news that all I have to do is just be willing to believe. I don't have to know anything. And I love the idea of so it was comforting. I have to add that into this because for the first time, this was comforting information for me. It's the first time something else comforted me besides food or liquor. This was the first time that I was able to have a different experience connecting with comfort. So I thought the possibility to hope and I was encouraged to move on with the rest of the work because, it, interesting enough, it says here that it, it says, um, I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes. It doesn't say what that individual believes. I just know that they believe the process worked for them and they're living in it. I believe it, that if I continue with the work, I can have that experience with a different connection with getting ease and comfort besides food and alcohol or fill in the blank, whatever your addictions are. So for me, this information is saying to me, just get started with the work. You don't have to know it all. That's the simpler level. And I'm really grateful for that as somebody who now has a relationship with a power greater than myself, whom I choose not to call God because I am an agnostic. And I remain agnostic, but not in this program because my experience shows that it works. The 12 steps work if you follow through all the process and then implement it in your life a day at a time. Thanks for letting me share. Pass. And thank you so much, Chelsea H. Okay, anyone else would like to comment on this paragraph? Vivian M. Maureen M. Amy G. Amy G. I just heard, oh, sorry. I just heard Vivian M., I believe, and then I heard, I think I heard Amy G. Did I hear Amy G.? Yes. Okay. And Sue G. Uh, Sue G. Maureen M. And Maureen M., Let's go with those for now. Okay, Vivian M., please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for your service this morning. Um, yeah, <laughs> this paragraph really hits home for me, certainly, because I always thought I had faith. I thought I had a belief, and uh, obviously, you know, what it was wasn't working because my belief, uh, boy, kept me angry all the time, didn't know how to have relationships, didn't know how to live in the world, couldn't trust my behavior when I went out in the world. Never knew how I would respond. Couldn't put the food down. Uh, I did for a while, then I picked it up again, and then I, I stayed absent for a long time, but it wasn't really the kind of absence that gave me peace. And I saw other people that had this, and they terrified me. 
I wanted what they had, and I wanted that peace and serenity and the joy that I saw in their lives. And not only I, I wanted it, but I hated them because they had it. Because I thought I could never, ever, uh, ever have what they had or acquire it or, or come to the place where they could have it. And for years and years, I tried to do that. I tried to believe. And I believed, but my beliefs weren't right. And as soon as I thought my beliefs weren't right, I thought, not only did I think I couldn't have it, I thought I was stupid. That's what I thought. I thought, I'm going to get found out that I don't have enough brain power or anything else that I would have needed to change my way of thinking. And, of course, that was my ego. That was my self-will. I wanted to have control over my eating. I wanted to have control over my recovery. I wanted to have control over everything, and that never worked. So I was always fighting things, fists clenched, fighting, saying, I'll show you that I will find a different way to do this, and then you will want what I have. Well, <laughs> why would anybody want what I had when I was so miserable and so unhappy and so fat and so just all those things? And then I finally just, just it, it, I liken it to being on the top of a picket fence, and that's the top of those, those points of the fence were just stabbing me and poking me and hurting me all the time. So I was always in so much pain, and I was too afraid to go back, and I was too afraid to go forward. And then one day a wind just came and it just blew me on the other side and I fell. I fell on the other side and all of a sudden something came around me and held me and, and, and gave me this this freedom to, to, to say, I'm going to try this. I'm already on this other side now. I can't go back anymore. I'm going to listen. I'm going to ask. All I have to do is say, help me. Please help me. And whatever that is that's out there that's helping everybody else, I just had a belief and a faith that it would start helping me. And it did. I had to do the work, and I had to do what somebody asked me to do, and, and I was willing to do it. Not at first. I said I was willing. I didn't really believe it. But just, I just had to do it for one day. And, I, and, and the changes that I found by, by just being willing and just trusting that what everybody is saying really makes sense and what they're feeling, I really, really truly put all my heart on. Thank you. Um, and, and I just moved forward with it. And my life is changing incredibly, sometimes small steps, sometimes big, but it is changing. I'm extremely grateful. Uh, with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Okay, Amy G., it is your turn. Can you hear me? Sorry. Okay, I can hear you now, Amy. Oh. Great, thanks. Good morning. Thanks for your service. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Um, was the, in this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Well, for me, uh, when I came into this program as an agnostic, it was very important that I just got back to the basics. And it talks about this in step one. It says, John Barleycorn is our best advocate. And for me... Captain Crunch, Cheryl Lee, Debbie, you know, little Debbie, these were my best advocates because when it came to being beaten into a state of reasonableness, I kept coming back to the question. I mean, it talks about questions in this paragraph, you know. I kept coming back to the question, can I, of my own volition, of my own will, using my own mind, stop from putting binge foods into my mouth? 
And the answer was again and again, this tedious and torturous process that they're talking about here, again and again, because of that mental twist that Kim mentioned, I could not do it. And it talked about into a state, finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Well, that insinuation is that I'm not reasonable. And it was true. I was not reasonable. I was insane when it came to food. Reason and logic did not occur to me when it stood between me and getting my fix. There was no reason. And sometimes there was no thought. Five bites into a binge going, how the hell did I get here? With all that I know and all that I understood and of all the consequences, I was not reasonable. But this disease beat me to a pulp, slapped me around against the wall till finally I said I give. And what that meant was saying that I of my own needed a power greater than myself. And that was all that I needed to get started. As others had said, it's just about willingness and surrender. I had to surrender to myself and to, to this program and make a choice. Was I going to try it my way or I was going to try to look for something greater than me? And I was going to take action to do it. And I didn't need to make anything up. I just needed to follow the instructions that are in this book and what a sponsor told me to do. And then I was able to embark upon a growth of a higher power. But it all started with choosing to surrender and being willing to take action. You know, it talks about it and how it works. You know, at some of these steps, we balked. We could find, we thought we could find an easier, softer way. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough. From the very start, half measures availed us nothing. I had to be all in, meaning that I had to take myself all out. So whatever I thought, whatever prejudices, I had to say, it's not going to be me thinking about this anymore. It's going to be what I'm being told to do in those who, in whom the program, in who the problem had been solved through the grace of God in these 12 steps. And with that, I'll pass. Yes, thank you, Amy G. Okay, Sue G. Another couple of minutes, and uh, please, it'll be time. Can you hear me? Suji? Okay, let's try again. Suji. Can you hear me now? Suji, please go ahead. (laughs) Thank you. This is Suji from Michigan. You know, we often, um, I love it when they send us a spiritual uh, experience in the appendix. But, um, you know, we often read about and we're told, you know, what we need to do and um, to have a spiritual experience. And But here, it's a little, little I see it as a little change. They're telling us what we need to avoid and, and what's the obstacle to having that spiritual experience. And that's, you know, we're handicapped by abstinency, um, sensitivity, and all my uh, sensitive, you're looking at one right now, um, and unreasonable prejudice. Um, I try not to be unreasonable in it. I try not to have any, and I've been working on it. But those are the things that get in the way. You know, we've been so touchy that even a casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. Um, Gratefully, I came in with faith, although it wasn't enough with the faith that I had. I had to really, I've been growing and um, 
But um, that's why I like the set-aside prayer, because I need to abandon so many things um, that I that I thought I knew about myself, the book, um, the steps. Um, it's when we resist and we... Um, we can't set aside those feelings, those you know, the absence, the sensitivity, and the uh, unreasonable prejudice. So I just wanted to bring that up because instead of you know giving us the positive, they are giving us what stands in the way and telling us not not to do. Because if we do that, we're not going to grow in faith. We're not going to have the spiritual experience. And with that, I just uh, I, I I thank you for letting me share. I pass. And thank you, Suji, for the time. We're, I'm sorry that we got out of time, Maureen M. Perhaps you can uh, come to our next meeting um, immediately following this. Okay, I wish to thank everyone who has shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will, know, we will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer. Will Santa H. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, family. I'm Santa H. calling in from New Jersey. I'm grateful recovery compulsive overeater for today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still safe. The answer will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.